Welcome to Culture Business, the international conference for fundraiser in the arts. Episode 2. Rocking the boat. Membership at Auckland Art Gallery. Reflection on leading institutional change. By Christian Pratch, membership manager at Auckland War Memorial Museum, New Zealand. Kiora, ana mana, ana reo, ana waka, tenakoto, 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 katoa. Ko Pukekawa te Moana, Ko Waitemata te Moana, Ko Tamaki Paingahera te Fare, Ko Christiana Pracht Toku Ingoa. Okay, I'll raise my voice. Um, I would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation as the traditional custodians of the earth and waters in which we stand. I also acknowledge all traditional custodians of the land and waters throughout Australia and pay my respects to them and their cultures and to elders past, present and emerging. A special thank you to Auckland Art Gallery, Toyo Tamaki, its previous director, Rana Davenport, and Sue Sinclair, head of advancement and my manager during my time at the gallery. Sue's generosity and support enabled me to be here today, sharing insights about my work at the gallery with you. I was hired by Auckland Art Gallery in 2015 to develop, implement and run a new gallery-owned and operated membership program. Gallery membership was launched in February 2016 with 750 founding members. By June 2018, membership had grown to over 7,200. I left the gallery in August 2019 to take up the newly created role of membership manager at Auckland War Memorial Museum. I am tasked with developing, implementing and running the museum's new membership program. I'm here today to talk about my experiences of building a membership program at Auckland Art Gallery. Thank you. Okay, now I've got three things to jiggle. Um, Auckland Art Gallery was established in 1888 and today is a cultural leader in Aotearoa, New Zealand. The gallery's purpose is to be a place for art and a catalyst for ideas. After six years redevelopment, the gallery reopened in 2019 with multiple new exhibition spaces, winning World Building of the Year Award in 2013. Today, Auckland Art Gallery, gallery holds one of the largest art collections in New Zealand, with more than 17,000 artworks of New Zealand, historic, modern, contemporary, and international art. Why membership? Just before I left the gallery to take on my new role with the Auckland Museum, I received this email from one of our members. I made a point of taking the email to the gallery's exhibition and planning meeting and read it out to my colleagues from across all departments including exhibitions, install, conservation, marketing, and so on. I told them this feedback isn't just for membership, but it's for all of us. When I finished, everyone started clapping. I can assure you, when I started in my role four years earlier, no one was clapping me. <laughs> I'll never forget my first day at the gallery. I was greeted by the gallery's deputy director, taking around introduced to lots of people before we ended up in the gallery's cafe for a chat. 
I'd neglected to ask um, during my interview about the budget for the project. So I asked then and was told there is no budget. I started laughing. Clearly, this had to be a joke. Turned out it wasn't. So here I was, a membership manager with no members, no budget, but financial KPIs which would make your eyes water. Why am I sharing this with you? Two reasons. Firstly, when starting up new membership program, you need to be clear about what your outcome is going to be. For the gallery, it was first to generate revenue and second to grow engagement. However, in order to achieve the first, you need to get the second right. When I saw this email, I was not only touched, I also knew my work at the gallery was done and I could move on with a clear conscience. Secondly, don't underestimate the amount of change management required when introducing a gallery membership program. While everyone at the gallery was excited about having a new membership program, when it came to the nitty gritty and the realization hit, how membership cuts across all departments and operations, the enthusiasm was somewhat subdued, at least initially. One of my biggest mistakes in my role at the gallery was not spending enough time on change management and underestimating how daunting the change my work brought to the gallery might be for some. So with my work at Auckland Museum, this is one of my key focus areas. Yeah, the, the presentation will actually be online afterwards, so don't stress about reading along, because um, <laughs> it is quite wordy in, in, at times, and um, I don't always go into the detail of it. So let's get back to the beginning and have a closer look at the journey that was membership at Auckland Art Gallery. In 2016, the gallery began the transition of the Friends of the Auckland Art Gallery Society, an independent, voluntary-run organization into a gallery-owned and operated membership program. Right from the start, gallery membership was positioned as a competitively priced loyalty program. Its main purpose was and is to raise revenue. I set an annual membership fee of $50 or $40 concession while offering free unlimited entry to paid exhibitions acknowledging right from the start that most people joining wouldn't be motivated, motivated by wanting to support Auckland Art Gallery in the first instance, but would be thinking about what's in it for me. This was a huge cultural shift in how the gallery thought about its supporters, and it wasn't embraced by all. I had endless discussions, not just at the beginning, but for my entire four years at the gallery, about what the gallery experience is worth and how this should be reflected in the membership fee. However, we had commissioned independent formative market research through Morris Hargraves McIntyre, and I'm sure many of you are familiar with them, and knew from our research that individual membership should be priced between $28.50 and $47.50. While the gallery's membership fee sits at the top end of this recommended price, this was the highest price point I felt we could get away with and still build a mess membership program. 
Luckily, I had the backing of the gallery's then director, Rana Davenport, who just got it. Rana listened to my research, embraced the philosophy of gallery membership being a loyalty, not a mission-based program, trusted my advice, and backed me up when necessary. I would not have been able to do what I did if senior management hadn't championed membership right from the start. While membership needs a strong lead, to be successful, it must be delivered by the entire organization top-down. Membership is a tricky product. Firstly, it's intangible. People give you money to access certain benefits and have experiences, but it's difficult to place this under the Christmas tree. In order to, in order to overcome this dilemma, I developed the welcome pack you can see here. Now we had a physical product we could display and market. Our tote bags, this is the um, Cassini bag, developed for an exhibition called the Cassini Collection, a window on Renaissance Florence, was one of our most popular designs. The bees on the back were inspired by the Barberinis, an influential Italian Renaissance family whose coat of arms included three bees. People loved the tote bags, and they, they turned out to be one of our most successful marketing tools. I continue to see them when walking around Auckland, and I just love how we turned gallery members into brand ambassadors. I truly believe the membership brand hugely contributed to the overall success of the program. And it was everywhere. On the entry and exit screens in the main gallery foyer, advertising preview days or late nights, in the cafe promoting 10% discount on food and beverages, in the gallery shop where every label displayed a member's and a non-member's price, and we also advertised externally. Gift membership was a significant revenue raiser, not just during prime gifting times, such as Mother's Day or Christmas, but throughout the entire year. To keep gallery membership at the forefront of people's mind, I took out half-page ads in the daily paper, such as the one you can see here. This was another shift for the gallery and a deliberate strategy on my part. Don't just advertise membership to those who walk through your doors, but take it out into the world. If you have a strong brand and an organization with name recognition, don't wait for people to come to you before you tell them about membership. Take it to them. Now, membership events, they had two purposes, to generate revenue and stimulate engagement. Some achieved both, others, especially our free events, solely focused on engagement. During my time at the gallery, I built numerous partners, partnerships with external service providers, artists and craft makers, corporates and nonprofits. Again, these relationships helped in taking membership out of the gallery and into, for example, local cinema. This generated free publicity and endorsements which we would never have been able to pay for. Also, as we all know, it is much more powerful when someone else talks about how great you are than if you do it yourself. If you're looking at increasing the reach of your membership program, strategically build partnerships which will help you do just that. In doing so, especially at the beginning, I often gave more than we were getting in return. 
However, that generosity meant I've built relationships which lasted, grew, and helped both parties prosper. Art Lovers Films is a cooperation with Rialto Cinemas. Our relationship started by Rialto offering a discounted ticket price to gallery members, and in return, the gallery offered a concession entry price to Rialto members, their loyalty program. From there, we grew our relationship offering a bespoke series of movie screenings with an art focus. The event was held at Rialto Cinemas, and your ticket price included a glass of wine, a goodie bag, an introduction of the movie by a gallery curator or other arts professional, and of course, the film screening. The sessions were jointly advertised and usually sold out. The gallery received a cut of the ticket price, and a holding screen advertising gallery membership would be up before the film screening as people entered the cinema. The goodie bags gave us the opportunity to include promotional material and, of course, were fully branded. This was one of our many successful commercial collaborations, which ticked three boxes. First, it generated revenue. Second, it provided an opportunity to take membership to a new but highly relevant audience. And third, it was successful audience engagement. She Claims Art Matters was one of our least financially successful collaborations and what I would call a proverbial loss leader. It was designed to celebrate 125 years of suffragette movement in New Zealand and paired two remarkable, highly connected and influential women working in the arts for a conversation about women's rights and their personal take on it. We engaged with visual artists such as Judy Darrow, who you can see here, but also poets, art critics, theater makers, social entrepreneurs, fashion designers, and so on. The series had a loyal but small following, and in the end, we managed to just about break even. However, it generated a great amount of publicity online and in print media, and was a talked about event. We did sign up new members on the back of it, although not many. So how did I justify running such a program? Well, firstly, this was exactly the kind of conversation the gallery should facilitate today. Secondly, it positioned gallery membership as a contemporary, edgy kind of organization that people wanted to belong to, even if they didn't attend the event. That in itself was a valid reason for me to run She Claims Art Matters, and it's one of those things I'm most proud of when thinking about my work at the gallery. Not everything has to generate revenue or make a huge financial contribution to be a success. There are other ways in which to measure in, uh, impact. Now, probably the part everyone's been waiting for, membership growth in numbers. So, gallery membership was launched to coincide with an exhibition of contemporary South American art called Space to Dream, Recent Art from South America. So that's the first bar you can see. It was a critically acclaimed exhibition, but probably one we could justifiably call niche. This was followed by another contemporary show called Li Ming Wei and His Relations, The Art of Participation. I absolutely loved the show. But, as per usual, when it comes to contemporary art, it was a niche show. Then the gallery opened The Body Laid Bare, 
masterpieces from Tate. And all of a sudden, we went from selling 500 memberships per exhibition to selling upwards of 2,500 during the course of three and a half months. Ticket price was set at $21.50, which made a $50 membership a pretty attractive offer, especially for those who wanted to see the show more than once. The show was a huge financial success for membership, but it did see me close to a nervous breakdown. Once I saw the numbers from the opening weekend, I realized we are not equipped to handle this kind of volume. I didn't have enough staff, nor did I have the right staff. Some of our ICT and finance processes weren't up to handling such volume. And on top of it, we couldn't produce our welcome packs quickly enough and were about to run out of tote bags. What's the learning here? Sometimes you can be the victim of your own success. So what you need to do is act quickly, mobilize resources, and let some things go. This was probably not the time when we delivered the most brilliant customer service until I managed to secure further resources and help us support the influx of sales. Of course, this exhibition offered ample learnings in regards to our processes and gave us a chance to review and revise, and that's what we did. This slide, I think it's pretty self-explanatory, so I um, won't dwell on it. It gives you the daily sales volume, but it is the next slide I like to spend a bit more time on. It's what I would call the race and fall of membership. After two niche exhibitions and two blockbusters, the gallery's public funding was severely cut. I don't want to dwell on the ins and outs of this. Um, just Google it, it's all online. Um, but I like to focus on the impact this had on membership. Because of the budget cuts, the gallery couldn't afford to buy in any paid shows for a period of nine months time. So here was our most effective sales pitch, unlimited free access to paid exhibitions, gone. Of course, I knew this was coming, so I had already revised our marketing strategy by shifting the focus from free unlimited entry to exclusive members events. For the first time, I put out a quarterly printed events brochure, which was aimed as much at our existing members as it was a tool to attract new ones. Again, externally advertising, taking out half-page ads for Christmas, for example, reminding people there still is gallery membership, all played a part. And while we never stopped selling, remember the previous slide of an average 2.8 membership sales outside of paid exhibitions, we still lost over 2,600 members during these nine months. This is why I can tell you for sure that even the most exciting events program is not going to be a substitute for free entry into paid exhibitions. This was truly a heartbreaking experience. I would sit there every month looking at lists of expired memberships ready to cry. This was also the time when we introduced paper renewals in addition to our otherwise completely online renewal process. It was a desperate move. Its success was limited, but it was something we had to do. At this point, literally every member counted. Otherwise, outside of being desperate, um, I would say don't bother with paper renewals unless you have to. Implement a robust and efficient online renewal process and save yourself a lot of time and money. In May 2019, the gallery opened Francis Hodgkin's European Journeys, 
the first paid exhibition in nine months. During the first months of the show, we signed up or renewed close to a thousand members. And here we were back in business. Coming back to my first slide on why membership. I'd like to look at it now from a commercial point of view by sharing the following stats with you. So gallery membership was developed to raise revenue, and it did. Membership positively contributed to the bottom line from its first full year of operations and has returned a profit to the gallery ever since. Our members are our highest spenders. They will visit more often and in doing so, spend more in the cafe or the shop. They will attend events and buy tickets for late nights. They're also our ambassadors. They will talk about our new exhibitions to their friends and colleagues and rave about what a fantastic place the gallery is. And that's something money can't buy. So if you're looking at putting a membership program in place, or maybe revamping the one you already have, here are some of my key success factors. In a nutshell, you need a clear vision as to what your membership program is meant to achieve. You need an understanding that this is an organization-wide initiative led by the membership department with the full support of everyone else. You need the right people to do the job and a product your customers want to buy. Robust systems on and offline, an engaging events program to help grow engagement, and the right enablers. For the gallery, it was an enticing exhibition program together with free entry to see those exhibitions, which drove people to sign up. For your organization, it might be something different. But in any case, get this part right and you will succeed. Prepare yourself to rock the boat. Membership cuts across all departments and operations and in introducing it, you will inevitably and at times put someone's nose out of joint. Don't let this discourage you. And remember, proper change management will help you and everyone else through the process. Having a customer-centered mindset and a focus on what the customer wants and is prepared to pay for is essential. The second part of the sentence is the part most of your, of your colleagues will not want to hear. So prepare for that by having your data and research ready. Be aware of your unique selling point and play to your strengths. Rocking the boat can be fun, and sometimes organizations need that to jolt them out of their, we've always done it this way, frame of mind. Make sure, though, you find the right balance so not to capsize and drown. Thank you for listening. I'm happy to take questions.